Hey everybody, this is Stacy, and I just wanted to let you know that season two of A Stronger Faith is set to begin next week, Tuesday, March 1st. We've been working on our season two episodes, and we're really excited about what God is doing and the direction He's taking these conversations. We've already spoken to many people who have some really amazing faith and surface some powerful spiritual truths, and we can't wait to share it with you. Please keep sending us your ideas of people you know with awesome faith that may have a bit of a story behind it. You can do this by visiting astrongerfaith.com and clicking the button that says Recommend a Guest right on the homepage. We truly ask that you listen for God's prompting in this area because some really awesome episodes have come from the suggestions of listeners just like you, and we believe those kinds of episodes will fill season two. We hope you've been able to take advantage of the time between seasons to catch up on some season one episodes you may have missed. I've gone back and listened to some of them myself. I'm just thankful to have been able to sit across the table and talk about the spiritual life with such amazing people of faith. Not to mention how those conversations have impacted my own faith walk. I believe Season 2 will build on what we did in Season 1 to dig even deeper into the spiritual life and also explore some of the challenges to faith in today's world. I also hope to share some of the things I'm learning as God shapes me in my own search for truth. So before we sign off on this short episode, I wanted to share one such thought. As I reflect more on the spiritual life, I wonder why we seem so often to drift spiritually. I wonder why we don't put God clearly at the top of our intentions every single day. I know we're busy, but if we believe in an infinitely powerful, infinitely present, infinitely good, and infinitely intelligent God, aren't we making a huge mistake when considering our own good by not placing Him at the top? I have to admit that if I did a personal inventory of the amount of time I believe I truly place God at the top of my intentions, I'd probably be pretty embarrassed at how low the percentage is. When I consider the reasons we deprioritize God, it always seems to boil down to a lack of perspective of who God really is, or either outright disbelief, of which very few of us would admit. But if evidence were offered in a court of law, we might likely be convicted of outright disbelief. I think we just consistently make God incredibly small. And I wonder if we don't do that because we spend so low a percentage of time considering the sheer size of his presence, power, intelligence, and goodness. And we spend too high a percentage of our time asking him for things. There's nothing wrong with petitioning God. He tells us to do just that. But it can't be all we do. In Jesus' instructions on prayer, specifically the example we know as the Lord's Prayer, he teaches us to petition only after recognizing God as holy and powerful. I personally believe that if we could get even a tiny glimpse of a fraction of the true reality of the Creator of all, it would be so overwhelming that we would either die on the spot or if just under the death threshold, absolutely nothing else would matter relative to him. I recently had someone tell me that they had prayed for what they considered a minor healing. They didn't feel it was significant enough to appear on God's radar. 
They said something to the effect of, I'm sure God has much more important things to do than deal with my ailment. That's a generous and humble perspective, but one that I believe misses something important. I attempted to tell them that I don't think God is busy. He can't be. He doesn't have some kind of capacity limit like we do. When we think that, that's us making him far less than he is, probably because that's how we work. We tend to make God in our image. If we believe him to be infinite in his attributes, then he must be infinite in his capacity. To get a better understanding of this, spend a moment pondering just creation alone. Our solar system has eight planets. Sorry, Pluto, I guess you're out. And it's big relative to us. So since Pluto's out, our next furthest planet is Neptune, and that's some 2.8 billion miles away, so it's big. Our solar system belongs to a galaxy, the Milky Way. It appears that the Milky Way alone has somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 billion solar systems. When we expand that out to the universe, scientists believe that there are over 2 trillion galaxies in just the observable universe. If we did that math, we'd estimate a minimum of over 700 quintillion planets. That's 700 with 18 zeros behind it. And that's just in the observable universe. I don't know about you, but my brain can't process that kind of size and volume. If God is the creator we know him to be, and I'm not speaking to the activity his word put into motion, but he created all of that with a word. Now imagine in all of that space and habitation, he only created one person. And that person is you. And you are more important than all of that creation. That's the degree to which he's paying attention to you. Imagine the degree to which he loves you. If we think he cannot be entirely focused on us, we are by definition limiting his capacity, and we no longer believe him to be infinite in presence, intelligence, power, and goodness. Our version of God is simply too small. And when we consider something that great, it changes things. One of the primary difficulties many atheists have about creationism is, they ask the question, So who created God? I can understand how this is a challenge, but only as we insist on putting everything into our limited way of thinking, including the scientific method. The very clear answer to me is that there must be one final eternal answer that nothing can be larger than. If we can conceive of something larger than or beyond the scope of God, we've shrunk him down to our standard. Christians, Jews, and Muslims alike believe that God is infinite in intelligence, goodness, presence, and power. He never was created. He has always been and will always be. So to the people that ask who created God, your version of God is far too small and likely intentionally cannot be crammed into the scientific method. When we suffer in this world and shake our fist at God for our suffering and often stop believing in him because we cannot get on board with him allowing such pain. 
I think we've made our version of God too small. When we think we can determine the full purpose of anything, especially when we think something has missed in purpose, we've placed ourselves on equal intellectual footing with the infinite intelligence and made our God absurdly too small. When we think we have to control our careers and finances and relationships and other plans apart from Him, our version of God is too small. And that's if we even truly believe in God in the first place. Because if we do, and we see Him as as mighty and as faithful as He tells us He is, why aren't we just turning that stuff over to Him without hesitation? I know that we know practically nothing of the reality of heaven. But when we lose someone really important, then think how we can't wait to get to heaven to reunite with our deceased loved one. And we don't think we're going to be so struck with such unspeakable awe at being in God's presence that nothing else matters. I'm afraid our version of God is too small. I think it's called heaven because that's where God exists in his fullness. And this may be me being a little simple, but I think if we entered heaven right next to said loved one with our big dumb grin, they'd probably immediately grab our face, point it away from themselves, and toward God and say, look! I believe if we could just get a fraction of a glimpse of the outskirts of his presence, we would be so struck with life altering awe that truly nothing else in the world would matter anymore. And I think any more than a millisecond of this experience, and we would just die on the spot due to our sheer inability to absorb such magnificence. But for some reason, we approach God as if he were just another thing we encounter in the world. Our version of God is too small. I've started trying to spend more time during the course of the day or in prayer considering his magnificence, his magnitude of which I know that even my wildest imagination couldn't come close to grasping. It helps me get a better picture of who I'm trusting and why. I don't do it every day, and I know I'm far from being a spiritual role model, but when I do this, I stop asking for anything other than Him. Ultimately, if He is true, nothing else really matters anyway. I think... This is closer to what Jesus meant when he told us to start our prayer with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's make time in our spiritual practices this week to challenge our view of the size of God. And size meaning the size of his intelligence and his presence and his power and his goodness. Let's try to identify where our perspectives limit him and try to stretch those perspectives into places they've never been. I promise whatever we come up with won't come close to the full truth, but it will likely expose our perspectives as really weak and deceiving and hopefully add to our confidence in the power and the love of the one true God. Hey, we have an amazing guest set to kick off Season 2 on Tuesday that you cannot miss. Be sure to set an alert for March 1st as we begin our journey together through the next 40 episodes. And don't forget to send us your suggestions for guests. 
Until season two begins next week, I pray that we all see God as much bigger than we ever have. And I pray for peace for you and those you love.